Hey, Tim, it's Spike Pit, man. I'm just sitting here. Um, we're going around delivering cakes for my wife. <laughs> I'm the driver because she can't drive at the moment. Anyways, listening to your podcast and your kind of early, talking of early days of gaming, etc. And um, it reminded me that I never told you that to every time I listen to Goffridge Manor and you're chatting away there, I get this picture in my mind of Tico Torres <laughs> out of Bon Jovi and I've got absolutely no reason what I've got no reason why this happens um I don't know <laughs> I can't explain it mate I just thought it was funny I'll let you know Tico Torres you don't play the drums do you Tim <laughs> that has got to be one of the weirdest no it is the weirdest waste message i've ever received i (laughs) i have no idea why you think of tico torres um luckily i live with a girl from jersey because if you wouldn't have put bon jovi on there i wouldn't have known who he was i was she's like no he's the drummer and and i'm like okay and, and I asked Ivy, I'm like, why would he think that? She, and she doesn't have any idea either. But it's a little funny because when we saw it was Bon Jovi, she thought it was going to be about her because Joe's always talking about her Bon Jovi hair from being from Jersey. But, oh, my God, Colin, it's freaking hilarious. I have no idea. I'm bald as a cue ball. I never played drums in my life. And I, I, <laughs> I got nothing. I have no idea. But it's weird and it's fantastic. Tim, it's Froth. Wanted to tell you I really enjoyed listening to your Growing Up Gaming uh, podcast. It was uh, just really cool to hear your experiences and everything. One of my great regrets is that, uh, you know, all the group of people in my neighborhood were the group that, that played. And, you know, we always would switch to something else with each other. So... We went from gaming to we all started bands with each other and skateboarding and, you know, chasing girls and everything and kind of left the gaming behind. I wish it hadn't been that way, but at the time we just would move, you know, we, we got hardcore into something else and just uh, kind of let it go. And it took me getting older to get back into it. So I really wish that I'd continued through it all the years. But um, anyway, enjoyed it. See ya. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, it was an interesting podcast to do. I kind of uh, left out bits and parts because it was, you know, it was just getting a little bit too long and everything. But yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing to kind of look back because sometimes I forget that I'm as old as I am and that it's been as long. You know, sometimes you go, "Holy crap, that was like so you know so long ago," and and. Uh, I don't know. You, you just kind of uh, find a, you know, a, how special sometimes those those times were, and you don't realize it, and uh, how much influence they would play later in life, or sometimes how much you kind of pursue it later in life. Like you kind of almost want to recapture that a little bit. That's what I think the whole OSR sort of almost was originally built on now you know it's become something else but originally i think it was chasing that time when 
you were in high school or junior high or even grade school um, at the dinner table playing Dungeons and Dragons until you know you were you were had to go home or had to go to bed or something like that so thanks for calling in Jeremy much appreciated all right guys it's lunchtime I gotta do a quick one today but I wanted to talk about game prep. It's kind of been a popular one lately. Probably one I've spoken about before. But I've kind of been changing the way I've been doing game prep a little bit more. It's kind of it's kind of uh, weird. But I think it has to do with the timing of the game too. So right now I'm running two games. I'm running a Monday night game and a Wednesday night game. The Wednesday night game I've been running for a while. Not quite a year, but a few months. But there's also, we've missed a lot of weeks within there, too. I mean, probably out of the, I don't know, I think we started, I'm, I want to say we played eight months so far into it. We probably missed maybe two months or more out of that because we're on a two-week hiatus right now, too, just because of scheduling conflicts for this week. Then I have my Monday night group, and it's kind of interesting because Monday is before or after Sunday. I tend to do a little bit more prep for it because it's the day before. For whatever reason, in my head, I I tend to do that. This time around, I have to say I'm doing more game prep than I usually do. Um, my only explanation for that is is I I kind of want to have. things ready for players uh when when they start dodging and weaving and moving all around and it's not like something i'm trying to capture everything they do it's impossible to do that but i can set up my world better so like i know when they go in this area or encounter this person this happens and the thing is, is even if i do over prep for it i can always use that material i can just put it away and it'll be useful later the fun thing about running two groups and what I decided is I'm not having the two groups run simultaneously in my world. One's in like, you know, Como Forest World 1 and the other one's World 2. So that way I can develop material, but I don't have to keep on changing it due to what the players do at the time. I'm just not set up for that yet. Running a few people through it, uh, or th running a few uh, parties through it, ahead of time like say i do this a couple more times with different parties then i could probably do simultaneous ones but i found that i'd be i was scrambling a little bit in the beginning when i was trying to uh, almost have them interact or at least the effects of the other party affect them it seemed like i was trying to go out of my way for that to happen and it kind of distracted from what i was trying to do and this seems to be working out better because it lets me develop material without always having to adjust it. Um, one of the big things that I've changed is actually the pre-game stuff. Um, I build my own MeWe group and then I invite the players that I have into that specific of the, Monday, the miserable Monday Night Bastards and the old... What is it? The old farts club went old old farts 
Wednesday's Gaming Club, something like that. I don't know, some dumbass thing. But I, so I invited them specifically for that. So the nice thing about me is I could post events, invite people in, and in the and then what I've been doing lately is I've been doing these um, title cards for a better letter, a better term. For the MeWe thing. So, like, and then I put it also in my Roll20. Like, last week was, I said, it was episode four, and it was uh, uh, Into the Runes of Wolf Creek, you know, and had the scary woods in the back with a scary font on front, in the front. And this week, I did uh, the same thing, except uh, scary font with uh, episode five, uh, the Divine Mother and Destroyer, episode five, you know. And then put a summary of what they did last week and what they were, the beginnings of what they were doing this week in there. And then it also, the the players can confirm if they're coming or not through this MeWe group, which is pretty handy. And then I can, and also in that group, I post like their XP. If anybody has any questions, they can ask me there. Um, most of the guys can ping me on um, like a uh, private chat, of course, and that happens. Like uh, Joe likes to do his mage stuff and is trying to find out different ways to get more. <laughs> Joe likes to have stuff, so he's always looking for you know different ways to to squeeze a little bit out of me here and there or whatever, which I think is kind of fun and how he goes about it because he he's definitely. He's definitely a player in it, you know. He's in it to win it, man, which I find fun. So, so I put that extra effort into that stuff, and I think it's kind of fun. So when the players come into Roll Twenty, they see the title card, you know, of what this kind of episode is kind of going to kind of be like. Got to be real careful about the episodes, not to um, give away any hints of what's going to happen, which I almost did last night. And I'm like, oh, you know, no, I can't put that in there. They're going to know now. So MeWe's groups has been real helpful. I, I think it kind of puts everybody in one place and, you know, we can interact if we need to. And then plus, if I have any um, out-of-game stuff that we want to get settled, like experience points, I'll throw them into the experience points in the in one of the chat windows and then they can um, yell at me for not giving them enough and, and whatnot, which I'm perfectly cool with too. Then the other thing I've kind of changed around is Roll20. I've, I've become a little bit more adept at Roll20. Still kind of struggle at it sometimes. I have a, a Plus uh, subscription, so I pay, I think it's $60 a year. And then they have a Pro one, which I think is $100 a year. And uh, so I'm learning how to use the, uh, Matt Jackson and Jason Hobbs a little bit. We're teaching me how to do the, the um, dynamic lighting and I'm getting the hand, hang of it, but it's still, sometimes I'm just, like the other day I was trying to figure out this one map, and I couldn't figure it out because every time I went to my map it was it was all black. Well, I did everything everybody told me to do. What I didn't do is when I went onto that map, the token I was using to, as a player to see, I never, you have to assign it to yourself. And I wasn't doing that. It had to be specifically to me. And then once I did that, I could see how my um, dynamic lighting worked, and it worked out pretty good. Uh, so then just just trying to use, and then trying to get the distances right. Uh, I rarely worried about, 
when I used Roll20 in the past, it was it was just now and then I would throw up a map on there, and if somebody needed some battle tokens, we would do that. Um, if they needed to be a little bit more strategic. So we did that. This time I'm kind of using the maps a little bit more, getting a little bit more fun with the tokens, grabbing some artwork off of Google and, and off the internet and making my, using, was it Token2 Maker or something? It's a really cool website on the internet that you can make your own tokens and you can just make it out of the artwork that you have or you can find. And it's really nice. It's, it's a very good, easy program to use. And uh, they have a Patreon. I, I'm backing them on there. So if you like it, make sure you throw them a buck or two for, for it because it it's a nice program. Um, one of the other things, too, guys, is the uh, – uh, what's the other thing? I, oh, last night. So I get into the market area, and I thought, well, let me see what they have. Well, they had these overlays, which I thought were really cool. So – what they do is, say you have a battle map and you want it to rain on it, it had like 75 different ones. So it had like rain, snow, dust, uh, other stuff. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was really cool. So I bought the package, but the thing is, is I couldn't get it to work on my map. Still can't get it to work on my map. I even asked the guy about it and he told me it would be in your premium things. I, I think I need either, I'm not sure if, I do, but I think I need a pro subscription to do that because it still wouldn't work. And then when I had other people check on it, it seems like what it would do also is it really lagged the, the game down too. So for that purpose, anything that makes the game lag, I definitely am not for. But it looked like a cool option because they have these animated battle maps now too. One of the ones they show as an example is a river or a creek running through there. It looks pretty freaking cool. I mean, I, I hope one day to be able to get to that point where, where, uh, you know, the, the, um, virtual tabletop is able to handle that kind of, um, thing and the players that I'm with are able to hit. So it doesn't bog them down and, and whatnot. Cause, cause they are kind of cool looking. I mean, it's all eye candy, but, but those are the things I try to, I try to build the atmosphere a little bit through visuals more instead of just talking, using a little bit. I, and then, and I, Ahead of time, I'm I'm doing the prep work for like items and different things, and and just making sure that they're available for the players so that they can see them. And so I have been putting a lot of work in the prep part of uh, this game in particular, and the reason why is because eventually I'd like to complete the Comor Forest and put it out there. Uh, you know, like I said, it's one of those. It's a vanity thing. I don't care if anybody else would buy it, really. I just want a hardback version for myself so I can pull it off the shelf and say, ooh, and, you know, just say that I did that. You know, if nobody else wants it, you know, I understand there's so many damn settings out there and there's so many gaming books that you can only handle so many. And one of the other things I've been doing, too, is I've been kind of doing a lot more random tables. I've, I was never a random table person before. I just didn't like them. I thought they were, I don't know. I didn't find it. I never found a good use for them. But now I do. Now I'm finding like there's quite a bit of value in them, especially in my the way I game now. I'm thinking that it's, so I'm, I've been putting a lot more work into what, what random tables I create. And, and this is something I've always done in the past though too, is I create like, 
a few encounters beforehand too. So just to have them handy, just in case if the game has a bit of a lull or if it seems appropriate or if it would, you know, ratchet up the tension just a little bit to have this encounter happen and the timing of things. So yeah, so I've been, like I said, more random tables, continue developing encounters ahead of time that may or may not be used depending on how the game flows. And the other thing I'm doing a little bit more is developing relationships between the different, uh, I don't have a better word, but other like factions within the forest. I kind of already talked about mini bosses and the territory, and this kind of goes along those same lines. You've got different, definitely different factions. Like so far in the forest, the players have met like goblin tribes, and pretty much, well, in the in Comor Forest World One, that goblin tribe has basically been obliterated from the campaign. They just got annihilated in in um, one of the uh, sessions, but it still exists in the other one. There's bugbear tribes up there. There's a couple different cults up there. There's spider cult up there you know there's just different things and getting them to work in a space so the map is your space and each one of these things takes up so so much space and do their spheres of space i'm saying space a lot inter interact with one another do they cross over is it a conflict is it a is it a mutual alliance kind of thing or is it one subservient to the other and why and just kind of seeing the flow chart between these organizations and uh, or creatures it could be just a single creature and how that works out when the players interact with it so if the players defeat this cult what do the surrounding things happen how does how what's the reaction who is going to get upset? Who's going to take advantage of the situation and so on? And it doesn't just have to be stuff in the Comor Forest because there's competitive adventuring parties that are coming out of Houndshead on top of it. So, but yeah, guys, uh, it's been interesting. It's been a different way to organize things. Um, putting a little bit more work into it, but I'm liking it. I'm liking, um, liking the work. And it's kind of nice that the game is on Monday because I use a few hours on Sunday to prep for it. And it's nice. Where on Wednesday, Tuesday was always date night with me and my wife and me trying to get home and prep for it. So I would try to do it on a Monday or on a Sunday. But it never got done because it just wasn't an imme it wasn't immediate enough. I was I was never I don't know. I always would put it off until like the day before or the day of in that but this is kind of teaching me a new discipline on gm which is fun i mean i've been doing this for a long time but this is definitely a new experience for me and i think it's a it's definitely a positive one and it's allowing me to really flesh out things uh, the way i want to instead of just kind of hand waving it and just making it up on the fly i still do that a lot and that kind of definitely helps out my um the development of things by just coming up with this, you know, my chaos in my head that just sort of comes out. And hopefully when that chaos comes out, eventually I can tame it down and fit it into what's already existing. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. Lunchtime is over.
and I got to get back to work. So hopefully you'll find a game sometime soon. I got a game tonight. Really looking forward to it. So uh, roll better me, guys, and we'll talk soon.